We're so glad that you are here this morning. The choir's going to sing. They are going to bless you today. Choir, come on. Let's worship with the choir as they sing this morning. Welcome to church. God bless you.
to God by enjoying what he has given me, okay? I mean, do you really think he expects something back? Now, I know there's a lot of people at church that would not understand this line of reasoning. That's why, just to make things simple and not to cause any controversy, I like to carry what I call the little empty envelope, all right? You see, when the plate gets passed, I bloop, put it in there like that. The deacon's counting the money. They only know me as the crazy empty envelope guy, but the people sitting around me, clueless. <laughs> I win, they win, God wins. No one gets hurt because no one knows. God knows. Huh? Let me ask you a question, huh? How's your mutual fund? Hey, for that matter, how's all your funds? Ha has the fund left your funds, huh? Has your do-re-mi taken a W-A-L-K, huh? <laughs> what if I told you that I knew about an investment you could make that the return would be mind-boggling? And, 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 it's, and it's promised, it's guaranteed. I know what you're saying, there's no guarantees. This one's guaranteed, okay? Malachi 3.10, so it says in the Old Testament, it says, test me, give to God, and he will give you back. It goes like this, I give this, he gives this. I give this, he gives this. I give this, up right up there. He keeps giving, I can't outgive God. How crazy is that? <laughs> Do I love him? Sure, whatever. I'm just saying, if you give, he gives back. <laughs> I tithe. But just not like in the form of a 10% check per se. Let me tell you what I mean. When I go to church on a Sunday morning, they're selling donuts, I buy some, boom, that's a tithe. When my whole Sunday school class wants donuts and I out of the goodness of my heart buy a whole bunch for the Sunday school class, boom, that's another tithe. But it's not about me spending money. It's about the smile on people's faces. That, my friends, is tithe enough for me. Case in point, the church was having date nights where we could take our spouse out for an evening, and they were charging $25 for childcare. Boom shakalaka tithe. I'll tell you what the biggest tithe was. When I spent over $100 on our meal, and my wife was grinning ear to ear, that, my friend's a tithe. I, w I would like to give. I would, okay? But everything right now is just... Crazy. I mean, just crazy, you know? I mean, not normal crazy, really crazy, you know? And if after I paid my bills and took care of the things that I need and want, then I would, I would consider giving something, but not, now's crazy. We're, we're, we're gonna give later, we've already talked about it. I mean, down the road we'll be crazy givers, but right now it's just crazy. Yeah, I have money, that's a fact. But you know what, it's a hard thing between me and the Lord and the pastor because he needs to know what I'm giving now that we have this little building campaign going on, if you know what I'm saying. And pastor, I'd give a little bit more, I'd give a little something, something if you'd have that music minister sing a couple more hymns now and then, huh? Hey, what's this, watch this. Is that a Benjamin? I think it is. Benji likes hymns, come on, you want it? Ah, come on, pastor, do what I say, huh? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, in my life, Lord, be glorified in me. I put money in the plate. Wait, 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 look what I have here. I hope it doesn't interfere. That everyone can hear how I give with cheer That everyone could be like me
So we've already had some excellent teaching on giving this morning through the last video there. But we're going to talk just a little bit more about it today. You guys out there this morning? How about that choir? Let's give it up for the choir. And the first lady singing that uh, little solo part there. Uh, I've heard that 45 times this week and uh, it was good once again. Thank you for coming to church today. If you see me going around giving everybody uh, the bump, the fist pump, that's because nobody wants to shake my hand today. I've got, uh, I've got the heebie-jeebies. Anybody had that lately? Okay, some of y'all are going, I don't know what that is. Well, don't shake my hand. Maybe you won't find out. But we're glad you're here today, all of our first-time guests. Can we just welcome our first-time guests one more time? We're so glad you're here and on your way out today. Pastor Andy already mentioned it. Please take your Connect card to the tent outside. We have a gift for you uh, before you leave today. Boom shakalaka tithe. I want to hear a lot of that today. Uh, let me just mention a couple of things as we are... Um, about to receive our annual offering uh, here at the church that we call an offering fit for a king. And uh, first thing I want to say is to you guests who are here today for the first time, I know you're saying of all the Sundays to come for the very first time, they're going to take up this big offering they've been talking about for about a month. And we are, but we don't want you to give in the offering. We want you to just keep your wallet in your pocket, keep your purse in your chair there uh, and you remain in your seat. We want you to just enjoy the service today. This is an offering for our church family and uh, I want to tell you uh, that uh, the bridge in Goldsboro, our other campus, has been very generous in this offering. Now you know we've been competing with the, um, with the fair this week uh, and instead of uh, totally competing with them, we kind of joined them a little bit because we took a a tent out there and set up a bridge uh, uh, church um, tent there, bridgechurch.cc. Our, our website is all over the tent. It was so funny. I put it on Facebook and one of my pastor buddies wrote, but what church is this? Because it's all over the tent. Um, how many of you volunteered at the fair? Anybody volunteer at the fair? Awesome, awesome. And I hear we made a lot of good connections there. Uh, one young man, um, this is so funny, one young man uh, proposed to his wife uh, to be right in front of our tent. And uh, the thing that made it so special is that there were a lot of law enforcement officers around our tent that night and parole officers. And he, this guy was almost weeping. He said, I wanted to do this in front of all my parole officers and let them know that I've really changed my life. Seriously, that happened. And uh, so, you know, we're there to be a blessing at the fair. Amen. Um, but you guys, thank you so much for serving and uh, Pastor Jimmy has got all kind of things going on with outreach, and we just appreciate that because we know God will get it to us if he can get it through us. Exactly. Let me tell you about Wednesday night. Wednesday night actually begins a couple of big things here at the church. Uh, missions week is this coming weekend, but it actually begins Wednesday night. We're going to have some missionaries here uh, that we support, and um, they will be out in the carpenter's house, and uh, some of you will be out there uh, in that uh, service and enjoying that presentation. Also here in the main worship center where you are seated presently, we will have our 
our very first New Testament survey class, and uh, we have a textbook for that, and if you'd like to get that textbook, it's a $30 investment. It is a reference book that you'll keep in your library uh, the rest of your uh, Christian life, and you'll refer back to that book many times. We encourage you, if you can't afford it, to pick that book up, but don't let that keep you from taking the class. You can take the class without the textbook, uh, but that'll be happening in here on Wednesday night, and the missionaries will be out at the carpenter's house on Wednesday night, okay? And then next weekend is going to be a real big weekend for our church. We're not receiving a, a special offering, but we are receiving your pledges for missions, your pledges for Bread of Life, which goes to help uh, those who are in need, and your pledges for the new building, and that all comes under a fund. We call it the Giving Life Fund. And so you will be making pledges as to what you will give to that on a weekly or monthly or ever how you want to give it. You can give it annually any way you want to give it. So this is the month where we talk about finances, where we talk about how we fund the ministries of this church, both inside and outside the church. So those of you who are here for the very first time, I don't want you to think that every time you come to the bridge, you're going to hear sermons about money. But there are going to be some times you come and hear sermons about money because Jesus said, where you put your money, that's where your heart is. So that's a pretty important uh, principle right there, and so we are going to talk about that from time to time. Now this morning, the service is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to share just a few thoughts with you, and then we're going to watch a video. Uh, how many of you ever heard of Bill Bright Campus Crusade for Christ? You've heard of that ministry? It's a very powerful ministry, and Bill Bright has passed away uh, now, and he's in heaven with the Lord, but he and his wife gave a testimony just before his death, and we're going to watch that testimony this morning. Right before we watch it, let me just say a couple things. This teaching that we have done over the last few weeks, I cannot tell you how important it is for you to get it. I cannot tell you how important it is for you to not only hear it and understand it and get it, but to practice it. The principles that we have gone over in the month of September will set you free spiritually. You say, oh, really? So if I give a bunch of money, I'll be set free spiritually. Didn't say that. I said that if you are generous, if you are generous, if you understand that it is God who feeds you, it is God who has provided your home, it is God who provided the vehicle for you to get to church on this morning, it is God who provides the clothes that are on your back, it is God who provides the air you breathe, and it is God who causes that muscle in the middle of your chest to beat voluntarily. It is God who gives you life. When you understand that and you walk in that truth every day, and you see yourself not as a uh, reservoir of his blessing, but you see yourself as a river of his blessing. In other words, you do not receive from God to keep what you have received from God, but what comes from him into your life also flows out of you into the lives of people around you. When you understand that and you practice that principle, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you end up. You know, we're in a military town and we love that. 
There are some things we love about it, and there are some things about it that break our heart. You know, I was watching Tova up here today playing the violin, and we're about to lose her and Jason, and we hate that so bad. They're moving to England, and uh, uh, Jason's in the Air Force, and, and we appreciate uh, our airmen and, and how many of them come here to our church and support us, and that's one of the heartbreaking things. The, here, here's, the, here's the truth about that as I use them as an example. If they practice the principles when they go to England that they learned here in eastern North Carolina, because they're going to talk different over there by Jove, and um, if they practice those principles over there, the promises of God will follow them there. You might be sitting here today, and I don't mean to be negative, but you might be sitting here today and go, you know what, I, I don't really want to come here anymore because y'all say way too much about money here in this church. So I'm going to go to church somewhere else. That's okay. The principles that I've preached and taught here in the last month will follow you to that next church. And if you will practice those principles in that church, those same promises of God will follow you. And God will follow through on every promise that I've preached. This is not... What we have gone over in the last month, some manipulative uh, process that we put you through to get more money from you. These are the principles of God. These are the principles of Scripture. And they work anywhere, anytime, in any church, in any setting. So wherever you go, the truth of what has been preached in this church over the last month will go with you. God doesn't change his mind. As I was looking over the things that I had preached and taught over the last month, you know, we talked about that poor church in Jerusalem, how much they needed assistance. I mean, you know, their kids weren't eating. I mean, they were in, in um, severe poverty. And then we talked about how Paul came to the Macedonian churches who were poor themselves. Paul says it. And he says, I know you guys are poor, and I know you're going through so much with the Roman oppression and the Roman persecution, but if there's any way you guys can help the Jerusalem church, and they said, oh, we want to help. I love what the Scripture says. Here's what the Bible says. The Macedonians said, we want to be a part. We want to be a part. The Bible says they begged to be a part. They begged, they pleaded to be involved in helping this poor church. So then Paul took that story to the church in Greece, the Corinthian church. And he tells them the story of what the Macedonians did. And he is inspiring in the Corinthians generosity because of what the Macedonian churches did to help the Jerusalem churches. And we studied it and we went verse by verse and we did an exposition of a couple of chapters, not in, not in a lot of depth because you could preach a whole year on 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, is what I believe to be the key verse in all of the teaching Paul was giving on generosity. And let me just read it to you. We read it in the sermon series. It's not going to be up on the screen when I read it, so I want you to just listen. If you have your Bible, you may want to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Here's what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says, the primary reason that you give, the primary reason for your generosity is the example of Jesus. Jesus is our example in how many things? 
all things. Look what it says. He says, for you Corinthians know the grace. What a word, what a word. You know, grace in the Bible doesn't always mean the same thing, the word grace. Sometimes the word grace means a divine enablement. In other words, God in his love made you able to do something. But here it means unmerited love, undeserved love, unmerited favor. He says, you Corinthians, know you've experienced the unmerited, undeserved love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to remind them of how much Jesus loves them. He says that though he, Jesus, was rich, he had it all. He was in heaven. You know, we could spend a lot of time today reading all the verses in the Bible that describe heaven, but i got to tell you something. There aren't any words in the English language to describe what heaven's going to be like. I could give it my best shot today, and I wouldn't even come close to what heaven is going to be like. He said, what you need to understand is that though Jesus was rich, though he was in heaven, listen to this, yet for your sake, for your sake. Can I be real blunt with you today? So you wouldn't have to go to hell when you die. So you too could live in eternity in heaven when you die for your sake for Pharaoh Hardison's sake, for the sake of every person in the bridge, for your sake, Jesus became poor. What does that mean? Came down here, left the splendor of heaven, took off a robe of glorification, and put on a robe of flesh, and came to this earth. Why? So that you, through his poverty, might become rich if you have found the Lord Jesus Christ if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning listen to me very carefully you are rich you are rich you say I don't feel rich matter of fact pastor I'm going to walk up there and put something in that offering today but I got to tell you something pastor I, I can't put much in there I mean, it's a whole lot compared to what I have, but it's not going to be much compared to what some other people are able to put in there. I understand that. I understand that, but we're not talking about those kind of riches. When you die, when you leave this earth, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, if you've received him as your personal Lord and Savior, then you're going to inherit riches that day that this earth cannot even compare, cannot even imagine. So if you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, He invites you. The Holy Spirit of God calls you to come to Him today so you can know true riches. True riches. It's amazing as we watch Hollywood uh, and their uh, uh, riches, earthly riches that they have, and uh, they're just in all kinds of trouble over there. I, I love uh, being in the uh, line at the grocery store, and let me say to you men, yes, I do go to the grocery store, and let me say I do it in a very manly fashion. 
and I go to the grocery store and but you stand there, and then you got all those magazines over there and you know what those magazines say you know what the you know what the titles on all those magazines say they say there is no joy there is no happiness in earthly riches none none but in his riches there is joy how long forevermore amen amen and so this morning um in just a little while after the video, I'll come back up for just a minute. The band will be up here. We will receive an uh, offering. I think we have a container back there. Is that right? There is a container back there. So if you guys on the far side, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, maybe you guys on the far side, if y'all will go back there with the overflow crowd to that one, you guys at the front, you'll come to this one. We're going to just kind of bring our offering today. But we'll talk to you a little bit more about those details in just a minute. Can I tell you, can I tell you that, that with online giving that's already come in uh, with our, with our uh, uh, big offering today, our offering fit for a king, with the online giving that's come in and with the giving that has come in through the bridge, I was telling you about that earlier, and squirrel, I ran somewhere else, so let me get back, uh, let me get back on that. Um, we, our attendance in the fall at the other campus goes down because, because uh, uh, that church primarily is at its best during the summer when people are going away on the weekend. They go out to the other campus before they go away on the weekend, and that's fine. Um, but I've got to tell you, even with attendance down at the other campus, uh, we have already received uh, for this offering uh, my last calculation is in excess of $40,000 that's already come in. Can we give the other campus a big hand? And last night, uh, uh, we're getting close to the end of the fair. Is the fair going on today? No, it's over. It was over last night. Can I just say glory? Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, uh, we were way down last night. Only 64 people, adults, in the sanctuary at the other campus last night that they gave almost $12,000 from 64 people last night. And I want to tell you guys something. If you guys come through today and you trust God and, and you give not only your ability but beyond your ability, uh, we're going to see God do a great miracle here. Uh, now, I believe some people uh, maybe have gone away this weekend and and maybe in the back of their mind, they think Pastor Farrell won't mention this offering anymore. I want to bring, maybe you're watching online, <coughs> down at the beach or up at the mountains. Uh, we're waiting for you next Sunday <laughs> to bring your offering. And the people said? <laughs> All right, uh, let me just give you a little introduction here. In 1951, and I would like to make clear that I was not in existence at that time, but in 1951, Bill and Vanette Bright pursued their passion for ministry by starting Campus Crusade for Christ at the University of California at Los Angeles. What began with college students has since grown into one of the largest international Christian ministries in the world, reaching beyond students to serve inner cities, the military, athletes, political and business leaders, the entertainment industry, and families. The Brights spent more than half a century building and leading Campus Crusade for Christ. Now listen to this. 
to its current size of more than 27,000 paid staff members. 27,000 paid staff members. Um, um, and 225,000 volunteers. Now, that, that's not counting the people they minister to. These are the people who do the ministry. So 27,000 paid staff, 225,000 volunteers working in over 190 countries. The thing that you're going to be amazed by uh, today when you watch this video is the humility of this couple. Uh, I want you to listen carefully to what they say because they're going to say some things about their own personal finances. And you're going to be surprised at what you hear. Uh, please pay attention to this. I found this video at the last minute and uh, put the media ministry in a bind and uh, asked them if they could to, to show that today. And, and they came through for me and I appreciate it so much. And, and uh, it, has, it has been a very inspirational video to everyone who's seen it. There's no um, special effects. Uh, there's nothing fancy in this video. It's just two people talking about how much they love Jesus. Watch this. If our world is to be changed, it's going to be done at the university level on the campus. I've come to challenge you to be a part of a world-changing movement. He has carried a burden on his heart as few men that I've ever known. A burden for the evangelization of the world, a burden for the evangelization especially of students in every country of the world. Dr. Bill Bright. Multitudes through the centuries have given their lives for their faith. And we have the privilege of sitting to consider tonight the greatest challenge ever given to man the privilege of serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in taking the most joyful news the world has ever heard to all men. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. and Mrs. Bright and have a conversation with them. It was the year before Dr. Bright died and he was suffering from pulmonary fibrosis. So you'll notice he's wearing an oxygen tube during our conversation. Dr. and Mrs. Bright are, are best known for their heart for evangelism, but there was another story related to a contract that they signed with God that led to an incredible life of generosity and adventure. I hope you'll be as inspired by their story as I have been. If we could start by you both maybe sharing a little bit about the decision you made in 1951 to sign a contract with God. I was in business in Hollywood and uh, worked day and night to succeed. Like most Americans, I had that uh, desire to build my own empire and I was the lord of my empire uh, in my ignorance. And uh, I had no knowledge of God though I'd been baptized when I was 12, but I uh, was not at all interested in church through college, graduate school, and uh, in business in Hollywood. And then one day, in the providence of God, he 
led me to the First Presbyterian Church of Hollywood. And there, over a period of time, I was introduced to Christ. And in the meantime, uh, I was reminded of a beautiful young lady who I'd left behind in Kuwait, Oklahoma, who is now a sophomore at uh, Texas Women's University. And uh, God in his sovereignty arranged for us to get together. And uh, we had known each other since she was very, very small, two or three years old. We'd been married about two years when the Lord impressed us through a series of circumstances that we should surrender everything to the Lord Jesus. So we wrote out and signed a contract. I never heard of this being done, but I'm a businessman by trading, so I figured that's the best way to register our commitment. So we signed that contract that afternoon in 1951. Well, about 24 hours later, in a very sovereign act, in a way that was life-changing, God met with me and uh, gave me a vision for the world, which we call Campus Crusade for Christ. So had there been no contract, in my opinion, there would have been no vision. God brought us to the place where we made total, absolute, irrevocable surrender. And then he knew he could trust us. And uh, from there on, the vision began to be implemented and still is being implemented all over the world. I think uh, from a woman's standpoint, you know, to sign that contract was, was um, a little, actually Bill had said, let's make a list of what we want out of life. And I thought that meant materially. I did say I'd like a house modest enough that anyone from Skid Row that would feel comfortable in it. And we worked on and Skid Row for about five years. We had. In we, the prisons. And then, but lovely enough that we could entertain the President of the United States. Now that's a pretty big, uh, that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> but you know, God has put us in situations where we still don't own a home, but that where it's been exactly that. Sometimes I wish that it hadn't been, I might not have asked that question because it's been more responsibility and a lot, a lot to handle. But it's been, uh, that was our heart. We wanted to have a part in, in reaching everybody. From a practical point of view, our view of God is such that uh, we know we can trust Him implicitly. So uh, when He led us to start this ministry, we knew He would guide us. And, and literally, we view ourselves as a suit of clothes for Jesus. If we trust Him and obey Him, he does the rest. And it's been one great adventure seeing God do his wonderful work. And to trust him to provide. I think our, um, our desires, our, our material, material things just didn't mean that much to us. And through the years it's been, the material things have only been helped to accomplish the task. Prior to knowing Christ, uh, material things was, was everything, you know. <laughs> We live for the bottom line and work day and night to achieve that bottom line. But now God had given us a different standard. Instead of laying up treasures on earth, he showed us we should lay up treasures in heaven. But God has provided all along in terms of what we have needed. We have not really wanted for anything for very long. As Paul said, we've learned to be abased and to abound, but mostly abound. It's it's God's grace. You cannot outgive God. 
the privilege of investing our lives to helping reach an entire world with the gospel, which is the command God has given us. And we can, of course, do it in partnership with literally thousands of ministries, hundreds, tens of thousands of, of uh, churches. And you know, I'm concerned that we never put the standard that God has put upon us on other people. A lot of people are not comfortable living as we do. Can I put this in context? Your combined income last year was around $65,000. You all have made conscious decisions to be able to give generously. Uh, and it, it's striking to me, the countenance and the joy that you all have experienced in your surrender. About some time ago, I was privileged to receive the Templeton Prize. 1996, and uh, the prize was over a million dollars. Well, people asked me, what are you going to do with that? And I said, I have already given it away. In 1951, I gave it away. One day, Bonnette and I were watching a television program, and Dr. Charles Stanley was talking on a subject which I've often taught, uh, the law of sowing and reaping. And you know, the more you sow, the more you reap, the more you give, the more you receive. And that's not what you call prosperity teaching, it's just biblical. So I just learned a few days before that anyone in our ministry who reached the age of 65 uh, could take their retirement pension. Well, we were listening and the Holy Spirit told me that I should give my retirement pension to start a new life training center in Moscow, Moscow State University. Well, I checked up on the amount of my retirement and the amount that was needed. And <laughs> they matched. They matched. <laughs> and uh, no doubt thousands of students have gone to taking that training. And uh, if I still had it, uh, what would it be doing? It would be accomplishing nothing. But let me tell you a story. When the doctor told me a couple of years ago that I had an incurable disease, fibrosis of the lungs, uh, I went to Mayo's in Rochester and Jacksonville and to the Jewish Institute in Denver where they did a biopsy. And in a sense, I went to the high priest of medicine and uh, they said, we don't know what caused it and we certainly don't know anything that could cure it. We're experimenting with different drugs, but uh, we can offer you no hope. A wonderful couple uh, Jack and Pearl Galpin had been friends for a long time and uh, they had met this remarkable Russian doctor and she treated me three times a day for a month and during that month's period I began to experience a new quality of life. Here I am sitting in a plastic tent seven by seven foot in our home where she treated me. And I'm sitting there rejoicing and praising the Lord. And suddenly, it was as though the Lord said to me, I sent Dr. Ivanova to you because you gave your pension to start the New Life Training Center, Moscow State University. Well, I, was, I began to sob. I was just awed by that. The Lord is saying, you gave your widow's might. Now here's what I'm doing for you. Well, it's a part of sowing and reaping. God is so faithful. Tell me about how you all made a decision to not accept 
royalties or honorariums. That's so rare. It's because of our view of God. And your view of God determines everything. Your lifestyle, your friends, your literature, the music you enjoy. Everything about you is influenced by your view of God. And that's the reason we've never felt that we should take a penny for what we do because we're not our own. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. Not everybody is led this way. And, uh, and if people do it otherwise, they shouldn't be condemned. This has just been the way in which God has, God has led us, us this and, way. and that we have... As a matter of fact, when I said to Bonnet, we're going to leave business and live by faith. She said, I don't want to live by faith. I didn't know anybody that lived by faith in the way I wanted, that he'd promised me we would live. <laughs> See, I promised her we were going to live in Bel Air. We were going to and we did. travel the world. We lived in Bel Air for 10 years, and through a series of circumstances. In somebody else's house. Somebody else's home. <laughs> no, we paid rent. We should but, say, we lived with Henrietta Mears for 10 years in her home. We should, actually, she lived with us in her house, is the way that it worked out. It, we had, it was a big mansion right yeah. in the corner of Bel Air, right three minutes the from the heart of the UCLA campus. And we had hundreds of students come there week after week. Many and received the Lord. We were there because we needed a house for the students to meet in. And so that's what God provided. And that's what he's done all along. All through the years, wherever there's a need, the Lord of the harvest is there providing those needs. Mm -hmm. And I would say to any businessman, if God has honored you, remember all that you possess, everything that's under your name is really his. And you're entrusted as a steward. Now, frankly, if you have more than you need to care for your families and uh, to keep the business healthy, uh, consider giving it away, all of it, to help fulfill the Great Commission. You know, there are trillions of dollars in the hands of Christians today who are hoarding that money. It all belongs to Christ. He's given all of us the Great Commission. and. Ultimately, when we get to heaven, it's not going to be how much money did you make. It's going to be how faithful were you to what I called you to do. I would say use what you have, whether it's little or whether it's much, to the glory of God. Honor Him, and He takes care of everything else. I remember when I was a, uh, now if y'all play music, I'm definitely going to cry. Um, when I was a young pastor, which I still am, I, um, I'm sorry. Sometimes I, um, didn't know what to preach and, uh, didn't know where to get good information, 
um, that I could give to the congregations uh, that God had blessed me to serve. And I remember so many times finding in the writings of Bill Bright what I needed to share with my congregation. And uh, his, his writings and his material is uh, never out of date. If you're a new Christian, his stuff for new Christians is still the best. If you're uh, a Christian who wants to dig deeper into the Word of God, his stuff is excellent. Anything you can get your hands on by Bill Bright is excellent, excellent stuff. And I got to tell you something, man, I'd never seen that till I found it the other night. And I've watched it about 10 times, and it makes me cry every time. Thank God for the faithfulness of those who have gone before us. Thank God for their faithfulness. And today you're going to be faithful. Because we have to be faithful for those who are coming behind us. We have to be faithful for those who come behind us. As Bill Bright and many, many others were faithful before us. So this morning, um, these two sections, guys, I think the best way probably to do this would have you guys exit that way, come down these aisles, drop your gift in, and then go back up this aisle to your seat. Those of you who are in this section and this section and back there, if you guys will exit that way and go around and put your offering back there and then come back to your seat, probably about the same way that you exited. That'll keep us from running into each other. And The uh, worship band is going to lead us in worship because giving is an act of worship. And those of you who are our guests today, please do not feel... Um, you know, that you guys are standing out because you're keeping your seat there where you are. We really, this is for our church family, and we want you guys to just uh, sing and worship with us as our church gives today. Can we all stand to our feet? And thank you so much for your faithfulness. Father, Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power we've been set free. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Astounded by your mercy and Our hands are lifted high in surrender. 
with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all and i'll stand my soul lord to you surrendered all i am is yours i'll stand up and sing that again and I'll stay with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all and I'll stay my soul Lord to you surrendered all I am is this church we are yours and we pray God that what we have given and God what you have blessed us with that we are able to give back to you that you do exceedingly and abundant things above anything that we could ever imagine anything that we could ever come up with on our best day God we ask that you take this money God and you use that to bring light to this world that souls would be reached, God, that missionaries, God, and everything that they need, God, would be provided. We pray, Lord, that you would just take it, God, and bless it. Thank you, God, for the obedience that this church has done, God, and given back to what you, God, have blessed us with. Lord, we pray it. Help us to have an amazing day. It's already been great, God, but as we leave this place, let it continue to be great. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name, and everyone said together, Amen. Amen. Let's give God a big hand of praise as we leave.